Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to The Dark Parts, a show where we explore the darkest parts of history, the world, and your mind. I'm your host, Heath, and with me today, as always, is the lovely Queen of Scream, Daphne. How you doing, Daphne? I am scared and excited to get into this episode today, and for all of you guys out there. So the other night when Heath was doing this research, he was reading me part of it, and my eyes were watering from fear. Like, I was so scared. So that's how I'm doing. How are you doing, Heath? I'm doing very well. Very excited to get into this episode as well. Um, Hope everybody out there is doing good. Having a good 2021 so far. Yeah, thank you for tuning into The Dark Parts once again. Really, really think you're going to be creeped out by today's episode. Well, we don't really have uh, a whole lot of announcements to make today, so we're just going to get right into today's episode. Have you ever heard of the term elevatophobia? Well, you can probably guess that it's the fear of elevators. Many people around the world fear those metal-boxed roller coasters that transport us from one floor to another in a matter of seconds. Some people experience claustrophobia, others fear mechanical malfunctions, and some fear sharing a ride with their neighbor in apartment 4C that smells like sweaty pocket change and cat piss. But today's episode takes the fear of elevators to a new level. So join us as we dive into the darkest parts of the internet and explore a game that's become so popular, it's Google searched around 33,000 times per month on average. That's right, we're talking about the infamous elevator game. Let's first take a look at the origin of the game and how it became so popular before we get into its rules and, of course, player experiences. The elevator game started to surface sometime in the 2010s, but early posts suggest the game was created in the mid-2000s. It's said that when you play the game and follow the instructions without any missteps, it can open the portal to a new world. One piece of information that seems to hold some consistency is that the game originated in Eastern Asia, and more specifically, South Korea. But this information is debated because some say the game began in Japan. During 2010 and 2011, the game started to show up on popular Korean websites like Dom and Naver, which was the first Korean platform to create and use its own search engine. But in 2009, there are posts on the Japanese site 5channel, which I think is 5ch.net. I don't really know anything about it, but it's mentioned on that website. The earliest known mention of the game is dated November 22nd, 2008. So relatively new game. Yeah, it hasn't been around for a long time, but you know, mid 2000s. So how does this game work, you might be asking? Well, I'll tell you. First, you have to find a building with at least 10 floors and a working elevator. The 10 floors is a must or you won't be able to play the game. Some sites say that you can play the game with a small group of friends or a partner, while others explain that you have to play the game alone. If you do end up deciding to play with other people, just know that if anyone in your party quits mid-ride, you have to start all over again. And here are the directions. Enter the elevator and proceed to the fourth floor. Then descend to the second floor. After that, Make your way to the 6th floor, and then return to the 2nd floor. Then make your way all the way up to the 10th floor, 
and finally head to the fifth floor. And I'll say it again because it's a little bit confusing. The floors are four, two, six, two, ten, and then five. And you have to travel in that order for this to work. Remember that if anyone gets off or a stranger gets on the elevator, you have to start from square one, or should I say, floor one. When you finally reach the fifth floor, you will encounter a young woman. And I don't know why I'm picturing this girl to be from The Grudge, but it's making this so much more terrifying. Yeah, like the long, black, creepy hair covering the eyes. Yeah, I don't know if that's accurate, but just picture a young woman, and I'm sure she's creepy. It's said that she may or may not try to interact with you, but it's very important that you ignore her. Some say that she'll beg you for help and try to trick you to help her, or she'll antagonize you until you engage with her. Do not do it. Quickly press the button to the first floor. When you do this, one of two things will occur. The first is that you will be sent to the first floor. If this happens, you are to exit the elevator immediately. Don't look back and don't talk about your experience. But if the elevator sends you to the 10th floor, you're allowed to join the other world. But beware, things will look different than the real world. Usually, players will notice that no one's there and oftentimes the power will be out. Some say they noticed a red cross out of a window off in the distance. If you make the decision to leave the elevator to explore the new world, it's important that you do not engage with any entities or acknowledge anything that appears to be living. Yeah, because apparently this is supposed to be... It's supposed to kind of mimic the real world, but like a darker version of that world. So things can turn out to be not real. Um, people that you may see may disappear. It's just, it's, it's not real. So now that you're in this other world, you're probably wondering how you return to the real world after your trip. And this is how. You have to use the same elevator that you arrived on. Then, you must follow the floor sequence we mentioned earlier, which again is 4262105. When you get back to the fifth floor, hit the button for the first floor. Now, this is where it gets tricky. The elevator will try to return you to the tenth floor, but during the ride up, you have to push other floor numbers, which will break the cycle, and then you will eventually return to the first floor and back to reality. But be careful, though, because sometimes you'll be tricked into thinking that you have made it back, but really, you're still in the other world. Check out your surrounding and make sure, because the game can look like reality, but little details will be off. That's how you know that you actually haven't made it back. If you're 100% sure that you've made it back, exit the elevator. You have now successfully played the elevator game. Some people believe that this other world people speak of is actually a version of hell. And the game has acquired different nicknames such as Elevator to Another World and, of course, the Elevator to Hell. In recent years, the game has exploded with different stories from experiencers and even inspired movies and YouTube short films. Most of the original stories will stop explaining when they get to talking about what happens on the 10th floor, because every person has their own unique, 
and terrifying experience. It's left open-ended because, according to the legend, most players have never returned to share their story. It also adds so much more mystery and uneasy feelings to the game. In 2011, a blog post created by user Hakai states that when you arrive to the other world, you will know because your electronic devices will stop working. In the post, this person also explains that getting back to the real world is much harder because you become disoriented almost like a bad dream. Yeah, I was reading another person's experience of the game and they were talking about how they kept trying to make it back to the original elevator that they got off of on the 10th floor, but the hallway just kept extending so it seemed like they were just running in place and they couldn't get back to the elevator. Other people said that as soon as they got to the elevator, it would like it would just like push itself off into the distance again. So each time you tried to get there, it's like it's like basically like you're gonna struggle to get back. Oh my god, that makes me wanna cry. I'm probably gonna say this a lot in this episode, but why? Like why would you why would you even play this? I know we gave you guys instructions, but don't don't fucking do it. Or do it do it and don't come back and then you can never hear the dark parts again (laughs) i just want to i mean hey if you're a thrill seeker and you're like man nothing scares me go do it i want to do it no i wouldn't do it but i know that there are those people out there that are like fuck it i don't care well the this the thing that scares me too is first of all the woman that you're supposed to encounter the young woman and then the fact that oftentimes the lights are off like the power is out so what you want to get off an elevator in a a dark floor where there's like spiritual beings and that are supposed to scare you and then you can't get back like what why would you why does this interest you how could this possibly interest someone yeah and we're going to talk about that here in a little bit in june of 2006 a 16 year old boy in japan was suddenly killed while trying to back his bicycle out of an elevator located in the manado ward in tokyo i think that's how you say it manado manado The elevator began to ascend on its own with its doors opened, which asphyxiated the boy. This incident actually caused a lot of panic, which could be how and why the game was actually created in the first place. There was a large investigation into the boy's death that concluded in many lawsuits. Poor maintenance was proved to be the culprit of the boy's untimely death, so people were just, I guess, not taking care of this elevator and it crushed this kid. But this wasn't the only real-life tragedy that people connect to the elevator game. Some attribute the highly publicized death of Elisa Lam to the urban legend. Now, just to be clear, this is not what we believe, but for the sake of this episode, we figured it was worth mentioning, so please take this with a grain of salt. Elisa Lam was a 21-year-old college student from the University of British Columbia located in Vancouver and was originally from Hong Kong, and she took a trip via Amtrak train to Southern California. On January 26, 2013, Elisa arrived at her hotel in Los Angeles, which was the Cecil Hotel in downtown LA, near the infamous and seedy area of Skid Row. She was initially assigned a shared room located on the fifth floor, But due to her strange behavior, which her roommates complained about, Elisa was then reassigned to her own room. Elisa had kept in contact with her parents back home during her trip to California, 
and she would call them every day. But on the last day of her stay at the Cecil Hotel on January 31st, 2013, her parents never received a call, and it was quickly determined that Elisa was missing. Police then searched the hotel for any sign of the young girl, but their efforts turned up empty. After weeks of searching, on February 15th, police released a video of Elisa's last known sighting, which was surveillance from one of the hotel's elevators. And I'm going to try to explain this video the best that I can. So in this surveillance video, Elisa appears to be acting very strange. She's seen entering the elevator, crouching down, and pushing different buttons in the elevator all at once. Elisa is then seen poking her head out into the hallway and looks around nervously before stepping back inside the elevator. She then presses herself to the right side of the elevator near the buttons with her back up against the wall, as if she's hiding from someone or something. A few seconds later, she steps back out very slowly and cautiously into the hallway. Once she's standing in the hallway, it's somewhat hard to see because she's standing to the left of the elevator door, but it appears that she's motioning or gesturing to someone and having a conversation with someone. We can't be sure because we don't see anyone else on the camera, but about 10 seconds later, Elisa steps back into the elevator looking confused and begins to start pushing different buttons for multiple floors yet again. She then walks out of the elevator once again and stands in the very same spot just outside of camera view to the left of the elevator door in the hallway. Elisa then moves her arms as if she's gesturing again and finally walks away out of sight to the left. After that, she vanishes. That video was recorded on February 1st, 2013. A few weeks later, guests from the hotel began to complain about a change in the water pressure in their room and a distinct taste and smell of the water. Some said that their water appeared dark red and even black in color. The hotel then checked their 1,000-gallon water tanks located on the roof of the hotel, which supplied water to the guests, kitchen, and even a coffee shop when the body of Elisa Lamb was discovered in one of the four tanks. This occurred on February 19th, 2013, so about two and a half weeks after her disappearance. Here's where things get strange. Only staff had keys to unlock the door to get to the roof. There was a fire escape, which may have allowed Elisa to climb to the roof, but Staff say that when the escape is in use, an alarm is designed to go off, but no one heard that alarm. Once up on the roof, the water tanks are 10 feet high, which you would have to use a ladder to climb in order to make it to the hatch located on the top of them. Even stranger, the hatch to the tank wasn't hinged. So how was Elisa able to close the lid while already inside? Yeah, so she's already inside this water tank. There's no way for her to actually close it and and lock that water tank like that. Let alone get up to the roof, let alone get up to the water tank door and then inside. Like, there's three things that don't make sense. 
Yeah, I mean, there's obviously an explanation for this, but we just don't know what that explanation is. When Elisa Lamb's body was found, she was nude and her clothes, watch, and room key were next to her in the tank, but her cell phone was never found. Her body was severely bloated and in stages of decomposition, but the autopsy report concluded no signs of suicide or physical trauma leading to her death. A toxicology report was uh, conducted and concluded that traces of bipolar and depression medications that Elisa had been taking during this time, as well as traces of over-the-counter drugs such as ibuprofen, were found in her system. There was also a small amount of alcohol found in her system, but not enough to interact with her medications. It was known that Elisa suffered from bipolar disorder, and many believe that she may have been experiencing a manic episode the day that she went missing. To this day, it's unknown how Elisa ended up in that water tank, but some internet sleuths suggest that she was playing the elevator game, and that is how she ended up in the tank, which I suppose could be this other world that people talk of. People believe this due to the unexplainable way that Elisa died. To me, I mean, just hearing about the elevator game, of course, we don't know if it's real. We don't know if there's another realm or another world, but it is a really interesting parallel, especially because she was acting so strange in the elevator, pushing numerous buttons. And Heath did mention that she pressed like a bunch at the same time. So that's not consistent with the elevator game because you have to go to one floor and then press another button and then a different one. You know, there is a specific code to it. But I think the the video is just so eerie watching it. And I think this is honestly one of the greatest mysteries of the world. It's just so unexplainable what happened to her, how she got in the water tank. I do think it's weird too that her cell phone was never found because cell phones don't just disappear, which makes me think there is another person involved. But I think it's a really interesting parallel to compare her story to the elevator game. Yeah, and one of the most uneasy parts of that surveillance video is to me is when she steps out into the hallway and she kind of like looks right and left as if she doesn't know the place that she's in. So it's like some people think that like she's in this other world, but you just can't see it from the surveillance because you're not experiencing it. But like when she looks out of the elevator, it's very, it's very eerie because she looks concerned. She looks nervous. And as she if, does it fast. Yeah, she doesn't really know where she, it's like she doesn't know where she's at. And that to me is extremely strange. Which is why if, you know, since we are talking about the elevator game, it's interesting that she is looking out of the doors into the hallway as if she's looking for something for the other realm, possibly, or for, you know, an entity or a, some kind of being. And then she does eventually get off. So it's so just so, so weird. Um, And by the way, we did post the video of this clip of Elisa Lamb on our social medias. On Instagram, it's at the Dark Parts Podcast, and Twitter is at the Dark Parts Pod. Also, you can check us out on Facebook at the Dark Parts Podcast. And side note, the Cecil Hotel is known for its dark history. During the 1980s, serial killer Richard Ramirez, also known as the Night Stalker, lived in the building as well as Austrian serial killer Jack Unterwerger. Not to mention the murders that have occurred there and numerous suicides, and I mean numerous suicides, including one that occurred in 1962 when a man jumped from the ninth floor and landed on a pedestrian 
killing both of them instantly. So very dark history at this place overall. So now that we've got you probably on the edge of your seat, I know I am, let's go even deeper and take a look at some of the stories that Reddit users have posted about their personal experiences playing the elevator game. This story comes from the user Ripped Geek in the r slash no sleep subreddit. And we did link all of the sources in the description of this episode, by the way. And their experience goes like this. The other world sounded really intriguing, and I decided to go ahead with the ritual one fateful Saturday evening. I live in a flat on the 11th floor of a building, so despite popular advice, I decided to perform the ritual in my own building using the elevator that I use daily. I walked out of my apartment with a steely resolve and reached the elevator. Something in my head advised me against what I was about to do, but my skepticism got the better of me, and down I went to the first floor in order to begin the sequence. As I heard the ping of the elevator as I reached the first floor, I went on with the routine. Not a damn thing happened. Although my heart was in my mouth out of anxiety and anticipation, there was no woman on the fifth floor and the elevator didn't ascend to the tenth floor as soon as I pressed the button for the first floor. This was a huge ego boost for my skeptic self. I returned to my flat using the same elevator, feeling victorious. However, as the night went on, I just couldn't sleep. I usually have such a hectic day and am sound asleep by 11.30pm max. But something was really off about that night. I twisted and turned on my bed the whole night and woke up exhausted and covered in sweat. After my chores, since it was a Sunday, I went out to get some groceries. To my surprise, the damn elevator was out of order. I immediately made the mental connection of the damaged elevator to my performance of the ritual. I got very intrigued. I took the stairs, went out and got some groceries, and had a pretty normal Sunday. By 10 p.m., I was all ready to sleep when I heard a loud and shrill cry outside of my door, which was strange as the only other people on my floor were out on vacation. I went out to inspect the noise and saw wet footsteps with a slight maroon tint to them, kind of like mud, but slightly redder, like somebody had a slight cut on their feet after walking in some muddy terrain. I followed the footsteps out of my stupid curiosity and to my utter shock, they led to the elevator, which surprisingly was no longer out of order. Something in my mind compelled me to get into the elevator, go to the ground floor, and check out with the security guard who had signed in to visit the 11th floor, and down I went. 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, ping... The elevator doors opened slower than they usually do, as if unveiling something grand on the fifth floor instead of the lobby I was intending to go to. A woman with dark hair, wearing a black, tattered evening gown, entered the elevator. Something inside me clicked immediately, and I wished I could run out of the elevator. However, something in me froze, disabling me from moving. My gaze fixed on her feet, and I understood the source of the footsteps. Worn and torn skin dangled from her feet as if she was rotting from the inside out. And the smell. Nothing can even be close to it. 
It was like a bunch of rotting corpses shoved into one person. As I looked at her, she had a grin on her face. That evil, sinister, spine-chilling grin which washed away my skepticism forever. At that point, I knew the only way I was getting out of the elevator alive was by completing the damn ritual. I pressed the button for the first floor, and the elevator began ascending upwards. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ping. As much as I wished to get to the bottom floor and run out for dear life, I had this primal compulsion to run out as soon as the doors opened. I now understood why people get off the elevator on the 10th floor, despite it being so risky. You just want to get away from the woman. As I ran out, her voice was in my mind. Where are you going, Sammy? Scared shitless, I ran, only to discover my utter solitude in the other world. It was like the hallway was endless. I couldn't get away from the elevator no matter how far I ran. I was stuck in some sort of loop. I briefly caught the sky outside through the corner of my eye and saw the reddish sky which I used to treat as fictional crap upon listening to others' experiences. There even was the fabled burning cross in the sky. As soon as I saw it, I couldn't move away my gaze as if in a trance. The cross was laden with limbs and body parts which seemed to have been ripped off of bodies. I summoned all my will looked away, and pressed the button to summon the elevator. To my surprise and contrary to what I had read otherwise, the elevator opened up instantly. I got inside and reverse performed the ritual without any interference, surprisingly. Down I went to the first floor and canceled the ascension on time. I rushed out, traumatized, scared, and scarred. I took the stairs to the 11th floor, to my apartment, and crashed senseless on my bed. As soon as my eyes were shut, I was back in the other world. This time, my run was accompanied by her chase and was followed by a sudden wake up. I went through my day as bravely as I could, fearing the inevitable night and the sleep it contained. I tried to stay awake as late as I possibly could, but I don't know when, I was back there again. This time, she was dead ahead of me. I had no way of escaping. Her long, torn-out finger touched my abdomen. I was completely frozen. It was like a proper sleep paralysis. Her finger went through my skin and into my body. I felt a jolt of pain around my abdomen and woke up with a starl. I was burning up. I had a dark red mark on my abdomen. Scared to the morrow, I went to the ER internal bleeding it was. That's when I knew I had to seek help. I went through some cleansing rituals on the internet lying on my ER bed. The pain meds were now kicking in. My lightheadedness came with a feeling of despair as I knew I wouldn't wake up from another sleep. I dragged my body to the chapel in the hospital. I prayed to God for the first time in my entire 25 years of life just to keep me alive for one more night. I don't know when I slept, but the next thing I remember was waking up to the sound of the janitor cleaning up the chapel. I realized I'd gone through the night unscathed. I immediately checked out of the hospital, bought some sage, cleansed my entire house, myself and my surrounding premises, 
It's been a week without any night terrors. However, I constantly feel a presence watching me as I get out of my house and cross the elevator to take the stairs. I know it for a fact that I am alive as long as my faith is. So pretty fucking creepy, right? Well, there are many Reddit stories from people who have claimed to have experienced the elevator game. The first story we shared and the one we're about to share really caught my attention. This next one, just like the first, have a unique twist to them and don't follow the typical or normal set of events that most say occur while playing the game. But before we get into this story, I wanted to share a fun fact with you guys. On average, a well-maintained elevator experiences about two breakdowns a year. Also, around 30 people die a year and 17,000 are injured a year on average in the United States due to elevators. Do with that information what you will. Okay, let's get into our next story, which was written by user DarkInferno07 and published on Reddit two years ago. It was Friday evening at work when it struck me. I didn't have any big plans for the weekend, so I decided I'd drive back to work on Saturday and test it out at my workplace. It'd be better to try this out in familiar territory, and since it'd be a Saturday, I wouldn't have to be worried about people interrupting me. So Saturday morning, I drove back into my office, left my car in the parking lot, and walked up to the building. The lady at the security desk, Sophie, greeted me and was surprised to see me in on a weekend. After some small talk, I asked her if anybody was in today, and she said I was the only one yet. Well, so far so good. I got into the elevator, checked my cell phone for the list of the order of the floor buttons that I had to press. Well, I probably should have mentioned that the last button you press in the whole sequence is the first floor. But if the ritual has worked, your elevator should start ascending to the 10th floor instead. Being a numbskull, I messed up the sequence in my first try. Well, fuck. I pressed the button for the first floor in an attempt to start the ritual again. I got off and Sophie asked me if everything was alright. I lied and said that I had forgotten my keys in my car, but just realized I actually had them in my pocket. I got into the elevator once again and quickly went through the entire sequence and finally pressed the button for the first floor. To my dismay, the elevator did not ascend to the 10th floor, but started descending, as a normal elevator would. No creepy woman had entered on the fifth floor as the game had prophesied either. I got off on the first floor thinking about what I'd say to Sophie for literally getting off on the first floor for the second time in a few minutes. I looked up at the security desk and froze. There was a man sitting there. And when I say sitting there, I mean just sitting there, motionless, staring into nothingness, blankly. Hello, uh, where's Sophie? I stammered. He slowly turned in my direction and shook his head. What the fuck is that supposed to mean? Did she leave? I asked, bile rising up in my throat. He shook his head again. His mouth was open, but no sound came out. Jesus fucking Christ. I thought I'd better leave as this was getting really creepy. As soon as I stepped out of the building, I froze yet again. The sky was pitch dark. No stars, no nothing as though it was midnight. But that's not possible. It was literally 11 a.m. a few minutes ago. I checked my cell phone. It had no network service anymore, but the clock showed 11.10 a.m. 
I hurried over to the parking lot and found that it was empty. My car wasn't there. I was starting to panic. The only possible explanation was that the game had worked. But what I was experiencing wasn't what I had read. The sky wasn't crimson, there was no red cross in the distance, and I sure as hell wasn't alone. That dickbag sitting at the security desk reminded me of that fact. I thought for a few minutes and decided that doing the ritual all over again was probably the only way to set things right. I walked into the building again and froze for the third time. There was a different man sitting behind the security desk. As I looked at him, he turned to me and smiled. And let me tell you, it wasn't a Mona Lisa smile. It was way too long for a normal human smile, and he was missing a lot of teeth. I must have a pretty strong bladder because my pants were still dry. Without looking at him again, I stepped into the same elevator. That's one of the rules of the game as well. I followed the same steps I had before, and right before I could press the button for the first floor, the elevator came to a stop on the fourth floor. The door opened, and a man entered. Now, I'm not stupid enough to be told not to do something but end up doing it anyway. The game clearly said when the woman entered on the fifth floor, I was not to acknowledge her presence. This wasn't the fifth floor, and this didn't seem to be a woman, or maybe it was. I wasn't going to go around scrotum grabbing to verify that. I looked straight at my own feet. Hello, the man hissed. How are you today? The elevator started to ascend. Fuck! I thought to myself, we should be descending, not going upwards. The elevator stopped at the 10th floor, and the man stepped out. I quickly pressed the button for the first floor. Have a nice day, he hissed as he was walking away. You too, I said instinctively. Fuck! Fuck me for being polite. The man turned around and started to walk quickly back towards the elevator. I rammed the closed door button really hard, and the elevator shut as soon as he was about to get in. I heard him pound on the door as I started to descend. Praying to every god I could think of, I got off on the first floor. Hey, you're back again, Sophie asked me, a little surprised as I stepped out. I didn't answer for a few seconds, but just stared at her. What? she asked, turning a little pink. Oh, nothing. I really should get home, I said, breathing heavily. And I sprinted out the building, leaving her confused. The sky was bright again, and I could see my car in the distance. I drove straight home and rushed to my room. I checked everything I could find online about this damn game. I read people's experiences and stories, but I couldn't find anything that was similar to what I had just been through. I finally gave up. That was the last time I am ever going to try out any of these stupid internet paranormal rituals, and I would advise anyone who reads this against it. Stay strong and stay safe, and use the fucking stairs. They're good for you. So, strangers, what did we learn today? We learned that the Cecil Hotel is haunted as shit. And it has been for a long time. So if you're ever in L.A., I can assure you that there are much better places to stay. Just be careful about those Airbnb cameras. If you listen to the show often, you catch my drift. We also learned that the other world is a dirty little trickster. Just because you think you made it back doesn't mean you did. Maybe your apartment looks completely normal. But then by midnight, you're hanging out in your PJs, and wham! 
dead girl finger in your belly. And lastly, strangers, we learned that you should just avoid playing the elevator game altogether. I mean, I could understand if you reached the 10th floor and there was like a swimming pool filled with Coors Banquet, or a bouncy house filled with puppies. But a shitty dark room and a dead girl? Not even worth it, friend. Not even worth it. Today's horror tip comes to you from the 1983 horror film The Lift, where an elevator literally functions on its own, killing its riders. Maybe just take the stairs. Although not as quick, you'll get a nice workout and it might even save your life. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode of The Dark Parts. Yes, oh my god, this story was so, so creepy. I love these kind of stories, though, because there's so much unknown to it. And by the way, if anybody's looking for another really good elevator movie, check out Devil. I think it came out in 2010. It was written by my favorite person ever, M. Night Shyamalan. And you should definitely check it out. It's super creepy. Wow, favorite person ever. Okay. <laughs> Damn, I've got some competition. But you know, you know how much I love M. Night. No, I do. <laughs> he's my favorite person in the film industry, I will say, because I love the village. I just think he's a genius. He's done some questionable things recently. But hey, love M. Night, and I love the movie Devil. Let's watch it tonight, by the way. Yeah, we should definitely do that. Also, if you guys have any other suggestions for elevator uh, movies, creepy movies that we should watch, because I know that there's a bunch out there, uh, let us know. Yeah. I mean, stories like this are just so creepy because to me, I'm like, I don't want to try it because what if there is another dimension and another portal to another world? Like, who knows? You know, I don't know. I don't want to try it. And I don't think you guys should either. Yeah. Like like I said before, if there's not a swimming pool filled with Coors Banquet or bouncy house with puppies, I ain't doing it. Yeah. Don't do it, guys. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. Remember, we do have Dark Parts merch available on our website, and that is thedarkparts.com. Yes, thank you guys so much for checking out The Dark Parts. And I know, I know we say this all the time, but if you have any creepy stories, you know, we love getting recommendations. We've been seeing some pop up on our Instagram, which has been cool. And just kind of let us know what you're thinking, because sometimes we cover creepy stories like this, and sometimes we cover more historical urban legends where The stories aren't quite as creepy, creepy, but they're definitely weird. So let us know what you like. Yeah, this actually was a suggestion from one of our listeners. So whoever suggested this uh, episode, thank you so much because it was killer to research. All right, guys, we'll see you next time in the dark parts. (laughs) 